Hello and welcome to the Amanda Perry podcast, a weekly memo from my brain to yours. 20 minute brain slurp to listen to on your commute or run or while you're having a bath because honestly, who has an hour? Definitely not me. So the idea is a little bit from me and then a load from you. Every week I'll be asking for your questions on Instagram and I'll answer them on here giving you a little shout out along the way. Is there anyone there? It's been a while, hasn't it? I'm really sorry. My intentions with this podcast are so pure and committed. Like when I think about doing the podcast, I am so committed. And then I just don't know how, like a few weeks pass and I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm trying to do better. I'm trying to set a better example of being consistent I'm being committed, but it's just not happening. I'm blaming it on Q4. I'm completely blaming this on Q4. I'm really sorry. It's been a few weeks, but if you're listening now, thank you so much for joining me again. I promise never to desert you again. I better not promise that because I'm sure there will be a time in the future where I have to desert you, so I won't make such wild promises. But um, I'm really sorry that it's been a couple of weeks since you have last had a, a new podcast to listen to. I'm sure your life's continued. I'm sure you haven't been kind of sat there like a, you know, like a dog waiting for the the notification to pop up that I've got a new podcast. But I am really, really sorry all the same. So I thought what I would do to make it up, which if you remember, I promised this a few weeks ago, so I am delivering on the promise, it's just a little bit late, is to really focus on um, your questions because I didn't get time to answer them in the last one. So I've been asking for your questions on Instagram and I've got a few brilliant examples here that I'm going to really dig deep on but I thought I'd just cover a few things that have happened in the last um, couple of weeks since I have done a podcast and I guess the summary is just that things just got really, really busy. And if you listen to this live, then you know that we're in the middle of the pandemic. I live in Sheffield, so we've gone into tier three and I don't know, it all just kind of felt like a lot. A few people have reached out on Instagram. Apparently I'm I've always worn my heart on my sleeve and apparently I wear it on my digital sleeve as well. People are like, are you okay? <laughs> are you are you coping? Because it doesn't feel like you're coping. I guess the truth is that I maybe haven't coped quite so well over the last few weeks. I'm fine, like everything, I'm fine, like Ross Geller. I am actually fine. But it's been really busy and just, I don't know, it just feels a bit like we're wading through treacle, doesn't it? And for as much as I talk about, um, you know, how we've grown the team from like six going into lockdown in March to we're actually nearly on 25 now, that, you know, that the kind of weight of that growth and the weight of the air quote success of that actually weighs really heavy because I know that for you know, all of the wins and our wins, and there are so many people out there that have won. There's just so many losses and the losses are just devastating. And I'm, you know, seeing it all around me now in hospitality businesses and small independents on the high street and stuff. And it's just, um, 
it's just really sad, isn't it? It's just really devastating. So if you find yourself in that position, I really, really send all my love and sympathy out to you and I really hope that you manage to find a way through I think there are some really good examples of people finding their way through aren't there some real examples of people pivoting and you know we're going through all the depending on when you're listening to this we're going through all the um free school meals for kids kind of argument now and people really pulling together and food businesses that are already in a really really difficult position putting their hands in their pockets and you know, helping feed our our children during half term, which is just a, a wonderful thing to do. So that's been my last couple of weeks, really. It's been uh, it's been a, a bit of a wild ride. It's just really busy. It's Q4, so we're coming up to Christmas sales. Um, I've just launched my planner today for anyone who, uh, well, I'm assuming you're all in some kind of econ business. So just launched the pre-sale of my planner it's a 2021 planner and it contains everything you're going to need to plan out an absolutely killer year next year I am not going to um, even entertain the idea that there's going to be any issues next year we're going to have smooth sailing vaccine we're all going to be absolutely fine aren't we let's let's just keep our eyes closed and keep the blind faith that we're all going to be absolutely fine I'm going to put the link um, in the show notes if any of you do want the planner and it also comes with a load of bonuses like uh, monthly emails and quarterly um, planning workshops with me which is really really exciting so it's my first physical product for like what seems like absolutely well what is years it's been what four or five years so I'm really excited to get that launched Anyway, let's get into the questions. So I have four questions here that I picked out. The reason I selected these questions, and thanks to everyone who sent them in, um, some of the questions just didn't have enough context for me to be able to read them out. So they were just kind of um, a bit generic, so it's, it's kind of hard to answer them. But I'm going to start for, start with Sim Selections, who messaged me to say, what's the best marketing tip for an Instagram page that's not getting seen, even with doing everything so I'm going to go onto your Instagram page while we're talking sims sims selection and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a controversial question well I'm gonna just put something out there I don't think that you're doing everything (laughs) I'm just gonna put this out there I don't think you're doing everything you're posting a lot of you're posting a lot you're posting a lot of pictures um and you are posting like so for anyone who I'm going to link all of these businesses in the the show notes I love saying that makes me sound so Hollywood in the show notes so this is uh, at sim selection s-i-m-s selections uh, with an s on the end I I I just don't think you're doing everything I think you're posting some nice pictures I think you're posting some graphics I'm not really seeing how the pictures are being used like I don't see any people the main thing I've had this conversation quite a lot over the last um, couple of months really and the main thing you need to think when you look at an Instagram feed which is really difficult when it's your own feed I know because you could be so close to it you are so close to it is like why why would someone follow you if even if someone saw your 
image, if it had been shared or someone had tagged you or something, why would they follow you? And without, I hope, I hope by now, if you follow me on Instagram and listen to the podcast, you know I have a pretty direct approach. Without causing any offence whatsoever, I'm not sure that I can instantly see a reason to follow. The the products are lovely, so you have nice products and colour you've got a set colour palette and that kind of thing. But there's no real I think people really get get really confused between like a nice aesthetic and you know the feed looking kind of uniformed and an Instagram feed that works hard for them so one of the biggest changes I made with my Instagram that I know you're sick to death of hearing this story but took me from like 2000 last uh, beginning of this year in like February March time and I'm now on nearly 13,000 was thinking about the value that I'm giving to the audience so how can you give more value to the audience to your audience Obviously, you're a product business like most people listening are, but there's still a way of you offering value and giving them a reason to follow you. And you just really need to think about what that reason is. So for me, I'm always thinking about how can I help not just my followers, but their audience? The only way you're going to grow an account is by people sharing your content. And there's nothing really on this page that is shareable this is why people use like um uh quotes and memes and that kind of stuff that's really really shareable i had a, i did a quote of the weekend about small businesses and it got nearly like 3000 likes but it got nearly two and a half thousand shares which equaled about 200 new follows So it's geeky, but it really is about looking at the numbers and thinking about, I would go on to some some competitor feeds and just look at what they're doing, look at how they're doing it well. And I would say the difference between theirs and yours is I can't see you. I want to see you. I want to hear your story, your founder's story, why you do it you know, hear about your family, if that's one of your one of your whys, or, you know, see a bit of behind the scenes. And I know you've got some stuff going on in stories, but I would really question this statement about when you're doing everything. I don't think you're doing everything. I think if you focus on what your audience will share, you'll see a real change in your account. So I hope that helps. I would just, I'd be a bit freer with it. I'd be a bit freer with your account. I wouldn't be so concerned about kind of keeping to this really strict structure. Uh, Next question is from Katie from Milk and Moon, who makes this amazing um, like feminist art and pin badges and that kind of thing. She says she's one of my runners up from the, the 5k giveaway, actually. God, that seems a while ago, doesn't it? Uh, tell me how you know it's time to make these crazy growth steps that don't add up a hiring or moving into a bigger unit this is a great question because there's always that like do or die moment isn't there where you're like I think I need to do it but I'm not quite sure if I can afford it or what if I do it and then I fall flat on my face and I was having this discussion with someone in the um, mastermind this morning and I was talking about really understanding like where you're so there's there's a couple of things there's the practical stuff and then there's the like you know listen to your gut kind of stuff so I always try and think where the feelings are coming from so this particular person I was speaking to about 
should I close like my online business has gone huge since she joined the hub and stuff should I close my shop or the shop's not really profitable online's massively profitable I feel like the shop's standing in its way but what if what if I close the shop and and we kind of dug down a bit and realized that all the all the reasons for not closing the shop were really fear-based and all the reasons for closing the shop were growth-based and that's what I really try and ask myself like am I staying in a position or am I bottle the bottleneck to my growth because of fear and if the decision if the the answers I'm coming up with around oh, you know, what if I do this and then this happens? So for example, what if I do close my shop and then all of a sudden everyone rushes back to the high street? I mean, it's ridiculous, isn't it? But these are the kind of things that we think. And that's just fear-based. That's not growth-based. Growth-based is to think, if I close my shop, I can focus on online and I know that I can grow my sales by, you know, 100% because I'll be focusing on them all the time. So I think that's the sort of gut feeling stuff the rest of it is really down to numbers and like the for me the boring stuff but it's the stuff that we have to take note you know we have to to consult don't we before we make these decisions I see people being um huge risk takers and I see people being really cautious I've spoken to some people who say they don't want to hire anyone until they've got like a year's salary in the in the bank and I've seen other people saying, I'm going to take them on because I'm pretty sure by having them, I'll be able to make their salary this month to pay them at the end of the month. I I am much more on the risk taker side, although I wouldn't I wouldn't take that risk. I'd like to have a couple of months salary in the bank. But it's really about working out the opportunity cost. So by having this other person, if this other person can either come in and make product that means you can sell twice as much or come in and pack, which means that you can work on your marketing and you know that you can grow your sales by X amount because you'll be focused on your you know, ads or email marketing or whatever it is, it kind of becomes a no brainer. But then it's just down to the logistics of finding the right person, hiring, knowing when to take them on, as in knowing at what point you, um, you're ready to like commit to take that salary on. And there's, I guess there's some in-betweens as well. There's like, yeah, it's great to have someone on the books and someone that's committed to you, but perhaps the the stepping stone is to outsource or get a VA in or a freelancer or, you know, someone who's self-employed. And you can just test out if your theory works of if I get this person in, I can focus on this other thing, which is going to make how, however much more money in the business. So I think that is it's a bit of a mixture, isn't it? It's a bit of a mixture of like gut feeling and knowing your business and having the confidence to make that decision in your business, the numbers and like really crunching the numbers to make sure that you can afford it and you're being responsible as a business owner and really looking at that bigger picture of the opportunity, the opportunity cost, both if you do it and if you don't do it. And the same goes for like moving into a bigger unit yes, you'll be able to produce more, but you also need to look at the other end of, can I sell more? Like if I, you know, anyone could say, oh, if I moved into a unit 10 times the size, I could make 10 times the amount of product. Yeah, but can you sell it? Have you have you worked out um, an effective funnel to to sell product in your business? So I think, you know, there's kind of a Venn diagram, isn't there, where the middle is like, 
the numbers work out the um you can make the product and you can sell it and you're doing it with a growth mindset rather than a fear mindset so i hope that helps it's always it's a bit of a funny one there's 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 quite a few ways to approach anything like that i think ultimately you you it comes yeah it comes down to those three things and and kind of knowing your business and having the confidence to take the leap another one from shelly from another version who is an amazing um online they have an amazing online brand where they sell i saw an article in the one of the papers at the weekend about the shortage of loungewear since we've all gone into lockdown another version sell the most amazing loungewear like absolute maximum coziness guaranteed um and shelly was asking about imposter syndrome when you feel like the least qualified person in your business which is so interesting because i think there's there's two main times that you feel like this in your business one is the bad way and one is the really good way so the bad way is when you first start and you've got this idea and you kind of run with it and then it grows and it kind of it becomes a bit like the tail wagging the dog where you're like oh my god what the hell up like I hope no one finds out I haven't got a clue what I'm doing in this business it's this whole winging it concept isn't it which I have mixed feelings about for for various reasons. I actually don't think any of us are winging it. I think we're absolute badasses and we know exactly what we're doing in our own business. We have created our business. Of course, we know exactly what we're doing. But there's always that element of, oh, like this is going really fast. And particularly if the business is successful, there's an element of kind of you, like a bit of whiplash of you trying to keep up with the business a little bit. So there's that first that first phase of imposter syndrome when you start a business, which is the bad phase. But then there's the brilliant phase when you feel like the least qualified person in your business, which is when you have hired a team around you who are like absolutely amazing, who are just absolutely brilliant, aren't they? And it's like you are the least you're the least qualified person in your business not from an actual point of view, but looking at these people like, my God, and I do this every day. I look around me like, my God, these people are brilliant. So I'm a firm believer. You'll have heard me saying this before in like hiring for your weaknesses. So I have talked about Debbie a lot. She's like my absolute right-hand woman. She's the MD of soup. And she is, we are like the same, like two sides of the same brain. So I have the creative, like sort of visionary, crazy side of the brain. And she has the real detailed process driven um, operational side of the brain. And, And together we're just absolutely like just brilliant. We just really, really complement each other. Um, so there's that side of it. I think it's Richard Branson, isn't it, who always says, like, always hire people that that are better than you. So, yes, imposter syndrome is a thing, but I think we can use it to our advantage where we're either saying, like, OK, I don't know these areas of my business and I really should know that. So I'm going to go and learn from someone who does know them, whether that's designing or or merchandising or you know the finances or whatever it is but I really think we need to understand the power of hiring for our own weaknesses and making sure that we have that balanced team because 
if you don't have that as you grow, then actually you're going to get to a position where you're the the team's really vulnerable and you've got some real kind of gaping holes in the competency of the team. So I do think, you know, imposter syndrome is a real thing. We do suffer from it. I do also think that it's like a bit of a buzzword. I think we kind of, particularly as women, I think we kind of feel like we must have it because we're not, conf- you know, you see a lot of like, again, air quotes, businessmen who are super confident and, you know, sitting in their power poses and stuff. And we think, oh, I'm just, I'm just sat in my room, like making greetings cards or prints or whatever. But you know exactly what you're doing. We all know what we're doing. Otherwise, we wouldn't have started a business. No, I, no one's going to start a business in like, oh, I'm going to start a business in quantum engineering. Like, I don't even know if that's a thing, but it sounds good. Even though I know I know nothing about it. Like, we have a passion for whatever we start a business in, generally speaking, you know, unless you're, you're kind of, I don't know, like some trust fund kid and you've seen a gap in a market in the States or something. But generally speaking, the people I speak to on a day-to-day basis start a business because they have a passion for the the thing, the product. So we're all coming from the point of view of we love this thing and that and that in its own right makes it qualified, makes us qualified. It might just be that we need to add in some people who are going to help us join the join the dots. And I think that's it. So I think almost thinking around imposter syndrome, just not letting ourselves feel like that, just just almost refusing the concept of imposter syndrome and just thinking like perception's reality, isn't it? I've been to like public speaking around gigs or um, you know, big pitches where I walk in there thinking, oh my God, they're gonna like see that I I don't know. Like we've just pulled this together or, you know, I'm all they're gonna see that I'm really nervous or something. But pe- perception is reality. And if we it's kind of that like fake it till you make it thing where if you just kind of think like the person that wouldn't feel like an imposter in that situation you can often overcome it and often kind of distance yourself from that feeling so I hope that helps Shelley quite a a long answer for that one um Rachel from Myru who is was my uh, 5k winner who is sells the most amazing skincare very kindly asks what are you doing to look after yourself I told you people are like I can't I can't fake being okay that's a really kind question of you to ask I I am to go back to my earlier statement I am absolutely fine I'm no worse than how anyone feels I think everyone's just got a bit of like covid fatigue haven't we um what am I doing to look after myself that's a good question I love a bath I have a lot of baths. Um, I listen to a lot of really gruesome, true crime, like murder podcasts, as the whole world does. I like that. That feels like looking after myself. Do you know what I've been doing? Having lots of lots of long walks. I've got an amazing team. We are like just absolutely smashing it. I'm so proud. And it's not even a case of... Um, that I particularly need to look after myself. I just think, I think over the past few weeks, what I've, what's become really, really apparent to me, and I think this is really, really worth talking about, is we all say, 
I'm fine. I'll kind of, I'll rest at the weekend and I'm fine. I'll just I'll just take on all of this stuff and I'll rest later. I'll rest next week. I'll rest next week. And I think the scary thing is that even when we've been there before, burnout is just around the corner. And and it's not this kind of oh, I feel burnt out as in I'm a bit tired. It's like it's really it's dangerous. Like it's really dangerous for our mental health, our physical health, the 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 kind of engine around us in terms of our business and the people around us. And I didn't hit burnout, but I felt like I was really really close to the point where I'd kind of like moved some calls around and just needed some time for me. And I think some people might be surprised to hear this, but I'm actually a real introvert and I really need time by myself to like recharge and kind of and when you're when you're in the middle of a growing team and a busy team and you know managing the hub and a lot of like my online and offline activity is really really like busy and noisy so it's really important for me to take that time out and I think it's an important lesson for everyone to just really look after ourselves I think now more than ever we just really have to look after ourselves and listen to what our body is trying to tell us and really respect the fact that burnout is no joke I've been there before like I've it's I had when I suffered from burnout before I think it was closer to some kind of breakdown to be honest but you know it was months out of the game like months out medication really it's not a laughing matter I know we kind of talk about you know this glorification of busy oh, I'm so busy I'm I feel like I'm I'm burnt out you know it's it's you're not if you if you're saying that you're probably not <laughs> you know if you burn out you're kind of lying in bed and shaking and don't want to talk to anyone so let's just look after ourselves thank you for the question Rachel and prompting me to to share that it's probably not something that you know, I would share online. I guess, I guess I've just been sharing a lot of self-care stuff and kind of mental health stuff, which has prompted people to ask me, but I am absolutely completely fine. I'm really lucky that I know the warning signs and I have, you know, I do have an amazing team around me and that does mean that I can, uh, you know, if there is a day where I feel like, oh, I just need to step back. It's like getting off the ride, isn't it? Like, I just need to get off the ride for a while. I just need to step off the ride just for a day and just have like go for a walk and have a coffee and you know I'll be all right I'll be fine (laughs) so yeah that is how I look after myself and relax um I hope those questions helped regardless of whether you were the four people that asked oh I hope more than four people listen regardless of whether you're the four people that ask them or not thank you to everyone who sends questions in um if you are sending a question in do try and make it really specific like these are so that I can answer it and kind of go into a bit more detail about it thank you so much for listening I do apologize about the break I promise I will I Mm, let's be careful what I say here I promise I will try not to let it happen again and yeah I really appreciate listening if you enjoy this there's loads of different this podcast had a few different guises so if you like this there's a few um, solo episodes if you go back but there's some really great interviews as well from the first the first iteration of my podcast with like Brie from Snagged Heights and some really brilliant people that I interviewed so it's worth going back 
If you do enjoy it, please do subscribe. And if you know anyone that would enjoy it too, I'd love it if you shared it with them. If you um, enjoyed any of the podcasts, I would love it if you gave me a review. It really helps with um, keeping me at the top of the charts, not quite as much as remembering to record it every week, but it does help keep me at the top of the charts. Thanks so much for joining me. I'll speak to you next week. Take care. (laughs) 